For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast, episode number 283, if you're keeping track at home. That is a big number. (laughs) That kind of blows my mind, actually, that I have done this. I have done 283 intros. Wow. Most of them are probably pretty similar. I ran out of ideas about 150 episodes ago. But regardless, thank you so much for tuning in to a great episode of the show with a guest that has been requested so often, Andrew Wells of Idola, also a touring member of Dance Gavin Dance. This guy's got the skills On the pipes, the skills, on the guitar, this guy's awesome. And it's an amazing conversation. He talks about some things he hasn't talked about before, like what's his standing really in Dance Gavin Dance. It's been a bit of a mystery. He's a touring member. He helps him with some of their records, but you know, where does he stand? It's really cool. And I love his openness, his honesty, and I love the new record, from his band, Idola, which comes out September 17th, only a few weeks away. And if the singles are any indication of how good this record is, we are going to be talking about this thing for some end of the year lists for sure. 
He also spills the beans. Maybe it's not that much of a bean spilling that there is a new Dance Gavin Dance album done, I think, which is pretty sick as well. So yeah, lots of things to talk about with Andrew Wells. We're going to get into that in just a second. I want to thank everybody who tuned in last week for my episode with Aaron from Red Fang. It's been good lately. My conversation with Mario from Blackout Problems was awesome. My conversation with Jeremy from A Day to Remember was one of the biggest episodes we've ever had, not surprisingly. So thank you, everybody, for listening, for tuning in. And remember, other than those four episodes, including this one I've mentioned, you can also go back and listen to like 280, no, 277 more episodes. Yeah, if my math is correct, I don't know. There's a lot of episodes, so go back, enjoy some old stuff. Most of them are pretty good, and you might find some bands, some music that you didn't know about, and that is part of the wonderful thing that I love so much about doing this podcast. Also, make sure that you're tuning in every Friday for The New Noise with me and Mike Howell, where we break down all the new releases. I know some people listen to these main episodes and don't check out The New Noise, but You should, because that is a great place to find out about new bands as well. And shout out to Mike Howell for being the absolute best music guru that there is. If you want to help out the show, help me keep the lights on and all that good stuff, support us here at Lead Singer Syndrome, please head over to leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access and become a member of the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. It's only $6 and you get access to an amazing community of other fans of the show and me. You can ask me anything you want. And of course, so much bonus content, bonus episodes, and more. What is the more? Well, merch is the more. There's lots of more. So head over to leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access and throw me a bone. I also want to thank everybody who is present for when this interview with Andrew was live on Twitch over at twitch.tv slash Shane Told. Give that a follow because you can be a part of these things. At the end of this interview, we have all these great fan questions and keep your ear to the ground. Maybe you could ask a question on this podcast just by coming and hanging out with us on Twitch. So again, the link to follow, twitch.tv slash Shane Told. Anyway, let's get into it with my conversation with Andrew Wells of Idola and Dance Gavin Dance. Thanks for having me. <laughs> thanks for thanks for being here. Um, yeah, I was just telling the people. I think you could hear me mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> about your little mishap with uh, yeah. a, to- a tooth incident. I did. Yeah, I was at work. I'm a personal trainer at a gym here locally, and uh, 
literally bit into a slice of pizza with some hard ass bacon on it and chipped <laughs> my wisdom tooth back up here, like broke a third of it off completely. Um, so I call, I called a dentist. It was like five miles down the road. He got me in, got me patched up. Everything was good to go. But, um, that literally like happened the day we were supposed to do. <laughs> do this. So, well, uh, pretty dude, crazy. if you're a personal trainer, then you should know bacon. That's not the healthiest, uh, food or pizza I, for that I'm, on a, I'm, on a, I'm, I'm trying to bulk up before this tour. So, you know, I, I got a couple cheat days in me for sure. There you go. No, man. Well, I'm glad your teeth are, are back uh, in well, not one piece. I don't know, twenty-eight pieces, whatever teeth are supposed to be in. I, yeah, uh, I think I think that sounds right. <laughs> so, it's it's good to have you, man. And um, you know, I, I'll tell you, I've heard every excuse in the book for why uh, people yeah. have bailed on me, <laughs> and that's a first. And uh, I believed it. I was like, yeah, that emergency dental surgery sounds like way too intense. Like, I'm definitely going to ask about that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, um, the big news. You're talking about tour. But the big news, I think, is the new album, uh, The Architect from Idola, coming out one month from today, September 17th. That's right. That's, yeah. uh, that's exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. It's been on hold for a really fucking long time. Oh, it so has. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because, you know, we're getting into a time right now where a lot of the music coming out is COVID music, is lockdown music, you know, that was written you know, uh, at a period of time when things were dark, there was a lot of uncertainty and all that. But you're saying this record was written before that? It was, yeah. It was actually... So the first single we put out, Counterfeit Shrines, the opening riff, I wrote that on Warp Tour, like side stage Warp Tour that we did with you guys uh, back yeah. in 2017 um, with Dance Gavin Dance. So I, I was wow. side stage, me and Will were jamming back and forth. He had this little tiny Marshall amp. We'd, we'd warm up and practice side stage. Um, and I came up with that riff back in 2017. So like four years ago. Um, and it's, it was an ongoing process, a lot of crazy setbacks along the way. Um, a lot of industry stuff, as I'm mm -hmm. sure you're aware, takes a, takes precedent. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a long haul for sure. It was, uh, it was a little discouraging at times, but I'm really glad that we ended up on rise and we got to put it out the way that it should be put out. So, right. And, that, and that's really cool. I was noticing that, you know, obviously you're in so deep with Will, you just mentioned him, and Dance Gavin Dance and Blue Swan Records and Sergio, who's a part of Blue Swan Records, is in your band. And mm -hmm. now, obviously, you know, Rise Records is Dance Gavin Dance label. It's a big label. My band was on it for two records. So talk to me about how that exactly worked out. You know, you guys started off 2012. Your first record was released independently and you guys have kind of climbed their ladder and now this is your first, you know, big release on, you know, on a really serious, I'd say independent label, but kind of not even really. So that's, yeah. uh, it's bigger than that. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was, uh, it's been a really cool journey. I mean, I've been with dance almost six years. It'll be six years in November. Um, I, when Will signed Idola, we had a really good conversation at the beginning. Um, he actually offered me a spot in DGD. Uh, as a as a touring guitar player mm -hmm. way back in like 2014, 2015, when Josh Benton um, had left the band. And so I turned it down initially. <laughs> this is like an ongoing thing, but I turned it down initially to focus on Idola to do this our second album, Degeneratera, and, and try it out and tour on it. And uh, did that for a bit. And then they asked me again when <laughs> Eric started to do um, Hail the Sun a little bit more right. uh, actively. And... I said yes, and we started touring and writing together and doing all this stuff. And 
Idola released to speak to listen back in 2017. And we wrote the architect and started recording it with Chris. Um, and it was a, it was a really awesome process, but we got through the drums, the bass, uh, a good bit of guitar and a little bit of vocals and dance came in and we recorded two singles. So we did Headhunter and uh, a song that I co-wrote with Will called, or well, that was Headhunter, but uh, Blood Wolf was the other uh -huh. song we did. Yeah. Um, and that was pretty much like slotted right in the middle. And so our recording process got a little broken up and then I had to go on two tours back to back and then come back and do the vocals. Cause the next time that Chris was free was like late summer right. of that you, year. Like you mean Chris, Chris Crummett, you mean? Chris Crummett. Yeah. Uh -huh. And, uh, so we came back, did the vocals later and then, um, pretty much like right as COVID started kicking off blue swan, we were everybody. I mean, everybody in the industry is like, you know, what, what the fuck do we do? Do we put stuff out? Do we wait till this is over? It, at the very beginning, it was really hard to tell yeah. what the end game was. Right. Yeah. So still um, kind of hard to tell. <laughs> yeah. Super hard to tell. Yeah. Those first couple of months, all the tours got canceled. Um, <sighs> it, you know, yeah. so it was, it was difficult, but what happened at least from my perspective was Sony BMG basically uh, kind of absorbed rise yeah. and then rise wanted to acquire uh, blue swan records. Cause Sean Haydorn, um, I've known him for a while now. He had heard the new Idola record, mastered, he heard the architect, loved it, wanted to pick it up. And so then we had to begin the legal process, right? Which is uh, uh, no joke. So it's, it's a lot of lawyers back yeah, and forth sure. for months on end. Sure. Um, and that's pretty much what it turned into. And then we thought we entered the home stretch back in February. Um, like I've, I've been off social media, I think almost three years, but our guitar player was like, mm -hmm. got to post something. The deal's finally done. We're going to post a new promo. And this was like back in February. And I was like, I, are we putting the record out or no? And he's like, no, it's, it's, it'll be fine. And then rise comes back to us. And it's like, okay, let, now it's time to work on artist contracts. And we're like, Oh fucking Jesus Christ. <laughs> so we, so we're in litigation for that back and forth for months. And then we finally get everything solidified and then it was go time. So we printed vinyl, got the merch store up. Uh, Rise has been awesome since that happened, but it was a lot of back yeah. and forth uh, leading up to that. So very frustrating, um, but to like an ultimately good result, right? Right. No, I mean, I saw you released, um, I can't remember which of the three singles came out first that you've released now, uh, but I, someone said it was your first music in four years. And I was like, wow, well, obviously the guy's been busy with Dance Gavin Dance, but there's way more to the story than that. So it makes sense. And probably that means we're going to get a new Idola record, a new, new Idola record, probably in sooner than four years, hopefully. I would hope so. I would fucking hope so. So we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll see how it all, it all pans out. But you're definitely getting a new Dance Gavin Dance record uh, next year for sure. So nice. Um, yes. And I, I absolutely loved, uh, afterburner. Uh, I think it's the best dance Gavin dance record. Um, it was in my top 10 albums of the year. Uh, I really, really liked the record and I, I'm, I'm, um, wondering kind of, and I think a lot of people wonder kind of what is your involvement obviously with the band? Like you're a touring member, you've been with them a long time. Uh, you have a great vocal feature on the last thanks. album, probably my favorite track on the album and the one before I believe you had a, you had a, tune on there that you sang on um yep. you know there's you play some guitar on the record so so how does this how does this work in your life do you know do you have a say in anything do you are you writing are you recording are they bouncing ideas off you like what what is your kind of your take here um it's 
it is, it's complicated. Um, <laughs> I'm happy to go into it. I, I haven't really gone into it in previous interviews, but I think now's a good time. So, okay. um, I've been with them, like I said, like about six years and it's been collectively, um, it's ebbed and flowed in terms of writing. Uh, I've written and collaborated with them on certain songs on guitar. Um, I've done backing vocals for Tillian, um, particularly in artificial selection. I did a lot of layering, um, on about eight or nine songs on that record. And then I did the feature with evaporate. Um, I, and then when it came to ideas, um, you know, Tillian and I would co-write on a couple choruses. So like, um, slouch, uh, there were a couple times where we'd write, you know, lyrics back and forth or melodies back and forth and kick ideas off of each other. Um, the whole end kind of circular, um, pattern at the end of evaporate that does a lot of callbacks. That was my idea initially coming into the band and saying, you know, I love, I love this type of thing, especially from classical composers. You use it as like right. a motif to kind of pay homage to your fans and say, you know, thanks for supporting us for all these records. Uh, the main catalyst for that was I, I always, cause I listened to dance Gavin dance before I ever joined in the band and DBM one was my first record that yeah. I'd heard by them. And I was like, this yeah. is fucking crazy. And, uh, where it starts out with John's, you know, I believe there's meaning. Uh, I believe there's nothing that line just always, I would always come back to it. And I was like, this would be awesome to do live. I feel like everybody would fucking go ape shit every time we do that. Um, and so that was artificial selection after burner. We kind of ebbed out of it. I had, uh, some, some mental health issues during that period of time where I needed to step back and kind of focus on my own mental health, um, and get it and go through therapy and do uh, a couple of things for myself. And I still, they were awesome about it. They had offered me a position, uh, for afterburner that I had turned down cause I really wanted to sort out my own shit mm-hmm. before bringing it back into like a position like that. And, you know, two years later that, that stuff's sorted out. I, I'm definitely in a much better place mentally and physically than I was a couple years ago. And they were still awesome during Afterburner because we still got to collaborate. We still got to go over um, and do the Nothing Shameful feature, which I I love. It turned out great. Um, that's one of my favorites on the record too. But we also got to collaborate on some guitar for like um, Night's Way and a couple other sections. But the new record, uh, we got to collaborate a lot. So we did, Great. I wrote a song on there that I did both guitars for, um, which turned out fucking sick. I sent it off to them and they were like, yeah, this is great. Let's use it. Tim and Matt wrote some lines to it. Um, I got in the studio with Chris and, and busted out both guitars and then Tillian and John just went hard. So, yeah. um, and then I just got back from Portland with them like a month ago, I think six weeks ago. And we did, I was out there for about a week. They were out there. John and Tillian were out there for about a month. Will even came up for the last week and we just cranked out a ton of vocals. Um, it was really cool. There's definitely a lot more of me on the record, uh, than I was even anticipating. <laughs> I'd gone in thinking, okay, we're going to do one or two features, but, uh, it ended up being really cool. There's like some sections where Tillian and I go back and forth. There's some, just some really exciting stuff that I'm, I'm very, very pumped on. I, in my awesome. opinion, I think this is the best dance Gavin dance record, like hands down. It's Will went fucking nuts on the writing. It's awesome. Awesome. No, I love to hear that. And you know, you bring up Will, you bring up Tillian, you bring up John, three guys I know pretty well. And especially in Tillian's case as a vocalist, I mean, the guy is a incredible 
Um, he's, he's insane. Yeah, he's the, it's, the best vocalist I've ever worked with, hands down. Yeah, and that's you can say that, and nobody nobody would be like, oh, he's yeah. exaggerating. Like he he's that good, and Will's no slouch either uh, in terms of guitar playing, especially just the way that that guy's mind works in in writing a guitar part isn't like anyone else either. And here you are. Um, the studio is one thing, you know, it's more one thing at a time, but when you're like live, you're do- harmonizing these crazy vocals, you're, you're playing like these leads at the same time, you know, that must be so challenging, man. Like it must not just be like, okay, I'm going to learn a couple power chords and like do a tour. It's a little more involved than that. Right. Yeah. I'd be grateful for, to Will if he used a couple power chords once in a while. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it is, it's a, it's an endeavor and it's, it's taught me to be a better musician tenfold. Um, that's something I'm really grateful for is because I will go into a tour and we'll have songs picked out and it's like, okay, well you're going to play Will's parts on these songs and they're going to be fucking crazy. And then Tillian asked you to sing in the fucking fifth octave uh, for those parts and you have to, and they're all, they're completely different timings. Right. And so you're just having to, right. to grind, right. And just make sure that you get it as good as you possibly can. Um, <laughs> and so for, yeah, for me, it's been an, an ongoing process, but I, I feel like I've done pretty well. Um, just balancing those and really trying to put my best foot forward as a musician. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been an awesome experience. And, um, I think that, so it's, you know, obviously some of that learning has bled into my own songwriting in Idola yeah. um, in a really unique way, just because the subject matter is a little different. And, and I, I write most of everything in Idola. I write the guitar, the bass, the songs, the, the, the vocals. Um, and so it, there's a lot more of like my brain in that project. Right. Whereas Nance, it's like six, you know, five, six dudes all functioning on, you know, a hundred percent all going all cylinders all the time and it's a really <laughs> really cool process so live it's a lot of fun the energy is always awesome um it just always seems to work it's awesome yeah and no thanks for sharing all that um that's you know i know i just say i haven't talked about it before like i mean it doesn't seem like there's tension like that's that's the thing that like a lot of people would maybe think about you know, band members being in other bands and this guy's leaving, this guy's coming back and this guy's leaving again. I mean, Dance Gavin Dance is like full of that in its history with singers and bass players and every everybody, um, you know, and then you're in a band where Sergio's in the band and then he's also in a band with uh, Donovan from Hail the Sun. And like, it's this really like sort of incestuous community, but it seems like everyone's kind of cool and pretty laid back with everybody collaborating or or doing kind of whatever is right for maybe the art totally it's just a huge group of friends that love making music i mean music is our most you know it's our passion it's every single person's you know number one thing in their life and i I feel like when i first started playing with will he kind of said it best he's like i loved the bands from like a lot of funk and you know hip-hop and and these these different eclectic bands back in the seventies and the eighties and even the early nineties that would mm-hmm. collaborate with all these different people. Cause they're like, well, how do you just, how do you take what you think is already good and make it better? How do you involve all these people with all these unique talents and collaborate in a way that's just going to blow people's minds. And so he's always pressed that. And that's even more apparent on the next DGB record. I mean, we have a bunch of different guitar players and all sorts of different stuff on that record. And I think he's done a really good job at cultivating a scene within a scene, really. 
you know, it's like he, he didn't come up with the term swan core. I mean, right. the fans come up with that and it's uh it's its own little, it's its own little environment, which is really cool. I think it's a, uh, it's cool to see that there's so many people passionate about music that like we are and uh, are able to just collaborate. And there's definitely no, there's no tension. There's no bad blood or anything. There's no like weird discrepancy about, you know, memberships or anything like that. Like DGD and, and I and everyone else in the scene, it's, it's pretty amicable. I think feel like everybody's just homies at the end of the day. So, yeah. And that's, that's really kind of a cool thing because there's been some fiery personalities, uh, around, you know, and it's been, it's been wild. So that's, that's really great to, to hear that. And people are calling me out saying it's Kurt, not Donnie and forgetting about Nova Charisma, which was the band I was referring to. There's too many bands, dude. You just have to just go, go through a Sergio Medina Wikipedia and you'll have every band. <laughs> There you, there you go. So um, talk to me about your, your upbringing a little bit. I know you're from Salt Lake City. Um, and that's another thing. Like I know Sergio's from Las Vegas, if mm-hmm. I'm correct. Um, uh, most of the Dance Gavin Dance guys are from Sacramento area. Uh, you've got, you know, not too far away, I guess. But where does everybody live now? How do you guys get together scheduling things? How does this all work? Um. One one quick segue, real quick. Sorry, I saw a comment in here. Oh, I'm, sure. I'm trying not to read too many comments, but uh, someone asked what my one rep max on deadlift is. Oh, okay. Uh, last last I checked, it was 455. I did that like two <laughs> weeks ago. Um, so that's that's my one rep right now. I'm trying to get it past 500. That that would be a that'd be a huge goal. That'd that's awesome. pretty serious. Um, upbringing wise, like in the scene and just like in music in general. I, so I grew up in a really little town called Payson, Utah, um, which is like an hour south of Salt Lake City. And it's like a really little farm town. It's like a population. Of, yeah, I think when I was raised there, it was like 8,000 people or 9,000 people. So very small town. Uh, I grew up singing in choir. I grew up, uh, my dad bought me a guitar when I was 13 and I started mm-hmm. practicing nonstop. I'd play hours and hours a day. I was that I was a kid in high school. I was always a band nerd. I was always playing different instruments. I played the trombone, the flute, uh, the trumpet. I tried my hand at the violin, sucked at that, tried some <laughs> other things, um, drums, bass. I would always try to write songs. And uh, I, I started getting into post hardcore, I think when I was about 15, 16. And uh, two of my first albums that really got me hooked were um, Circus Survives Juturna. And uh, your album, actually. So uh, when broken is easily fixed, that I oh, bumped shit. that album non fucking stop. That was it's, wow. It still holds up, dude. Good job. I don't know about um, that, but uh, that recording is I, weird I as hell. Well, what's funny uh, is 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 that is literally just like I was the oldest when we were writing those songs, and I was like twenty. You know, like like I think Bill was sixteen or something when we were. We had no idea. None of us even made a record before. Like we'd recorded demos, but an actual record. So it it is so. Um, uh, green, you know, and you can, and I can hear it, but that's cool that you think it holds up. I mean, maybe that made, made it a little bit original. I don't know. I love to do it. I still love it. I still go back to it. It's well, a, thanks, it's a great record, man. Um, so many good hooks, so many good songs. The imagery was great. I think that like that record, Juturna and, and like, obviously like I was into some like metal bands, like, or, or like hard rock bands, like tool, a perfect circle. Um, I think that some of those like more mainstream bands got me, Got, it really influenced my vocal technique at the time to, to mm. be more of like a, a mainline rock type singer rather than like a really high, uh, high tenor, you know, right. in post hardcore, it's like everybody just sing higher, higher, higher. And Tillian's got a naturally great tenor, um, even up into an alto range. And that's why he's so good at harmonies too, because he can just fucking, she just hears them. 
um, in his head. I'm naturally, I sang bass and baritone in choir. So I, I'm naturally a, a lower voiced singer. Right. And the Idola rec- the new Idola record, I still sing high in a lot of sections. There's still a lot of powerhouse grid in there, but I wanted to do something that's like really in my pocket while still being unique and versatile. And I think I think I accomplished that on the architect. So um, I save a lot of my highs now for having to back up Tillian's high ass all the time. So it's, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, saving the tenors for that. But yeah, out of high school, I just, I, in, in that grouping, I started a lot of bands um, back then with a bunch of different people, all different sounds. And finally, eventually, when I was about 19, uh, started Idola. And we just started writing from there back in about 2011, 2012. So I think uh, it's been about 10 years with that band. Um, and in Utah, it's it's a slow start. Uh, it's, right. There's it's so weird. It's like you have you have a cultural scene here. It's very folk, uh, Americana, alternative. So you have bands like uh, Neon Trees and Imagine Dragons, like these kind of big mainstream successes that came from Provo, Utah, which was like our closest city for a scene. Mm. And that's what people liked. And you, if you got up and you screamed, um, you get fucking kicked out of the venue. Like people, <laughs> they just, they didn't like it. But if you went to Salt Lake, there was a counterculture where you had bands like, uh, like Chelsea grin mm-hmm. or, you know, these like, or cult leader, like these bands that are just fucking heavy as hell. Um, just, just, going against the grain and trying to carve their own path. And they were, you know, they were successful in their own right as well. So very, you know, polarizing scene. So for Idola, we did a little bit of, try to do a little bit of both. You know, we, we wanted to do some rock music, um, a little bit of blues, a little bit of experimental post hardcore, whatever you want to call it. We just wanted to play stuff that made us feel something. So we, we would get out and just write and, and play. And it took us a while, but we found more of a market in the, the national touring circuit than we did in our hometown. Um, we still had a good base in our hometown, but we've definitely found a lot more love in other cities um, traveling. Right, right. Well, the, the the band I always think of when I think of uh, Provo, or I'm, and I don't know, my Utah geography is not great, but uh, would be the used, right? I mean, the used yeah. is from, aren't they from Provo too or nearby? They're, yeah, um, they're from a, a town called Orem, which is just yeah. north of Provo. Um, yeah. yeah the, uh, my drummer actually went to high school with uh, Bert, he's like, he, he was a freshman when Bert was a senior. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we definitely grew up listening to the use for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, but it's, it is a weird place and like, you know, I've talked to Bert about it in the past too, about how, you know, it's, there's so much, um, I mean, I don't know about Mormonism or that, you know, culture or whatever, how much that's seeping in. I think a lot, but just people are very conservative in general about socially about like, you know, uh, I'm, I'm wording is ter- terribly, but you know, I think people are very, here's a good example. I was in, we were in Salt Lake city once, right? Like down in the shit by the, the big church and all that. Sure. And yeah. That's like, the temple that's yeah, down there. Yeah. Exactly. And it was our first time there and we opened the van door. And of course, just like all this trash just comes flying out. <laughs> right. And oh, of course, yeah, that's touring. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, like just all these like, gas station crap is like flying out and i was like oh so everyone's like looking and i was like yeah we we better clean this up like it's very very clean and then there were people like about to come over to help us like put the garbage back in our van we were like no no, it's like it's don't you don't have to help us i feel like that is would only happen there you know it's like such a clean like but it's a very it's a very um i feel like it's that's very outwardly that way like once you get behind the scenes i think it's a little grimy uh like everywhere 
you know, but, but, the, but the, um, the, the, what I'm trying to say is like the outwardly like screaming, like uh, counterculture is maybe not as accepted in, in Utah. Maybe that's a good way to, to word that whole thing. Yeah, I actually like just, just in, in conjunction to your story, I have a, I have a side story. So when I, um, I, w- I was homeless for a little while when I was growing up, I, I left home when I was like 16 and I, I, I lived in like a 1955 GMC bus, um, that I had, that I scrounged together a bunch wow. of money and, and bought. Wow. And, uh, and at the time we had met, um, these guys that were passing through and they needed a ride up to Salt Lake. We're like, well, what are you guys doing? They're like, well, we're trying to get to Seattle because we're going to pick a bunch of mushrooms and put them in garbage bags. We're going to sell them back in Ohio. And I was like, that sounds risky as fuck, but whatever, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to judge you. You do what you want. <laughs> and, uh, they, they told us that they always, they would do this every summer and they would stop in downtown Salt Lake by the temple to, to basically panhandle because the, because the people were so nice in Salt Lake that if they were there year round, they'd make six figures easily. <laughs> uh, and I was like, damn, that, that sounds, that sounds about right. Uh, there's, there's pockets of Salt Lake, like, um, sugar house and, uh, there's pockets of downtown that are, are really, really nice. And it's, a uh, it's a really cool place. I, I, I love living here. I'm a big outdoors guy. I love backpacking and camping. So it's kind of the perfect place for me. It's kind of in the center too, where it's, I can, you know, if I need, we just did a, a new music video and photo shoot for Idola where we went to Vegas for the, the shoot and we shot in this cave, this like abandoned mine just north of Vegas. Mm-hmm. And then we did um, some guitar playthroughs with me and Sergio and a uh, photo shoot in LA. And it, it was like a, you know, a couple, it was a weekend trip. We could go drive down, have a good time, you know, get dinner with our management and our label and just like, it was really easy, but then you return home and it's, it's just a nice environment. So I, I love living here. It's uh it's definitely not like city life. It's not like, you know, bustling city, but it's, it's really cool. I, I do, I do enjoy it. So how did you end up uh, homeless for a period of time when you were a teenager? That's, that's, there's gotta be some kind of story there. Um, so my stepdad, um, unfortunately he got into a ATV accident when I was about 14 and, uh, they gave him Oxycontin and that turned into a pretty bad addiction for him, uh, turned into a pretty bad heroin addiction. And, the situation in my home life got really untenable, got, got pretty difficult going through those teen years. Um, there was a lot of abuse that had happened there and it just was time for me to go. Um, my mom was struggling a lot with that whole process and, you know, we, we, we have a great relationship now, but at the time I just felt like it was best for me to go out on my own and, and kind of figure things out by myself. So, um, I lived in a recording unit, like a, a actual, um, studio room that we had in Provo with a, an awesome guy, uh, an old friend of mine named Travis White, who was in a local band from here called M Pirates. Um, they're kind of like Arctic Monkeys style. They've, they've been disbanded for a long time, but really awesome individual. He let me live there for like a hundred bucks a month. Um, and they had, you know, had a bathroom, it had a fridge, it had like, it's basically, it's kind of a glorified apartment, but without all of the other amenities to it. So um, you know, I, I would, I would work two or three jobs and save up money cause I was still a minor. So I couldn't get my own apartment until I was, you know, 18. Right. And once I finally, you know, turned 18, we got a band house with Idola, um, about a year later. So we, we had kind of, I'd bounced around a couple places and then we got a band house and started writing our first record. So it was a really uh, chaotic process for those couple years, but it, it, 
turned out great in the end. So it taught me a lot about just persevering no matter what. So I think that's an important lot to. Right. I mean, you had to you had to grow up fast uh, with all that stuff. That's that's a lot of pressure, and I'm happy that it's turned out okay for you. A lot of times you hear those situations and they don't they don't end end up so well. You know, when people are in those really tough situations. Yeah. So that's incredible, man. Do you have brothers and sisters? Half brothers. Um, yeah. And a couple, so I had a couple of stepbrothers from that stepfather. One of them was in Idola for a brief period of time uh, and left due to some reasons I'm probably not going to talk about here. So he, and he had a pretty, pretty big falling out, but uh, I won't go into that today. So, um, but uh, I have two half brothers that my dad got remarried. Um, he lives in St. George, which is about four hours south of here. Yep. Awesome, uh, awesome young men. They're they're outstanding. So um, my oldest half brother is nineteen. He's going to college down there. He's trying to uh, go into medicine. He's going to med school. Um, my youngest brother's about fifteen. He's trying to get into a D one school of football. He's he's crazy. He's fifteen, <laughs> and he's my height and my size. So he's oh. six four two. 240 pounds, um, just, just at 15. I was like, motherfucker, it took me like, it took me years to get to this point. And this dude's like not even full puberty, just fucking massive. Wow. So, uh, just, he's, he's going to go places for sure. Very smart kid. And then my youngest sister, uh, I just saw her this morning, actually. It's kind of my last time before we go on tour. So she's, she just turned 10. Um, or she's, yes, she just turned 10. I think she's turning 11. Uh, next month and she's my mom's uh, daughter so she uh, and she's cute as hell she's adorable so <laughs> nice man I love that I love that thank you for the breakdown I appreciate that um, well back to music for a second um, well maybe for the rest of the interview actually but sure. uh, yep. <laughs> the architect so it's out in a month like we talked about and I know that this is your uh, your band's fourth record with with idola now uh, the first three were were a trilogy, if if I read correctly. They are, um, yeah. Now, um, it, how does that how does that lead into you know this this new album? Um, what can you speak about? Kind of what this uh, record's about. It. So I, I should have probably prepared like a nice cushy answer for this question, but um, it's <laughs> uh, it, it it is it is fairly complex. So. The, the idola concept for anybody who's read into it for some of the, the um, interviews that I've done in the past, like written word interviews, it's a fairly sprawling concept. So I've been interested in theology since I was very young. Um, and so I've tried to just soak up as much theological information as I can, right? Um, whether it be from the Bhagavad Gita or the Quran or from the Bible or from, you know, any other spiritual practice. So uh, I try to look at it through... I guess more of a metaphys metaphysical lens rather than a religious lens. Uh, I think religion's just not a good thing in general, um, in my opinion. Right. I'm into uh, that brother. I, I think that a spiritual practice or like a connection with, if you believe there's a creator um, is, is probably a healthy thing to have and, and to explore. If that many people are connected with something higher than them, it's probably at least worth reading about. Right. <laughs> if, if we've had thousands of years of historical context to sort through that information, I, I'm interested in it. And so I wanted to write um, a series of records that really explore that from a lot of angles, a lot of angles. And so um, the first record's definitely more of a narrative piece. Um, it's like about a protagonist in more of a singular sense. Degenerate Terra is more of like a, 
I, I got the inspiration from a book by Ram Dass called Be Here Now. And if mm. you've read it, there's a, there's a mid section that's just outstanding. And it, it talks about duality. It talks about yin and yang. It talks about the, the, uh, Taoism and, and Buddhism and Hinduism, just amazing concepts. And so I wanted to focus on a record that could really piece together that duality in a really cool way, but still keep the narrative. Um, to speak, to listen, really explores that from a, a much more spiritual standpoint of like a reincarnation. And the architect is essentially a, a parallel universe reincarnation from an opposing side. So um, it would take a while to dive into this, but I will tell you the architect is a story narrative that continues with what Idol has done so far. So it's it, rather than a trilogy, we're going into basically movie four, right? Story four. <laughs> sure. um, I'm actually working on doing a track by track um, it'll basically be like a companion to the architect. It should come out shortly after it's with a friend of mine named Kevin from New York. Very smart guy studied philosophy for a really, really long time. And we've gone back and forth for a couple months cause we want to lay this out and really give it justice in terms of the storytelling. So every song is part of the narrative. Uh, every song is part of the concept. It's really cool. I throw in some like metaphysical, like, uh, sci-fi elements to the story it's definitely more of a narrative piece again in this rebirth so i'm excited it's a it's a very uh, you know complex piece of of work and i'm really proud of it and i think that the, the overarching theme of the story is just um you know the role that love and compassion and forgiveness and um and trust and truth play in you know, existentialism or in our everyday lives, like how we interact with each other, how we interact as a society. Um, I think that there's a lot that people can get out of it if they're willing to look. So. Absolutely. No, I did notice that one of your tracks is called uh, perennial philosophy, which is got to be a little uh, nod to uh, Huxley, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So it is. Yeah. yeah. It's actually, it, it's basically, it's, it's uh, inspired by that book. I, I love Huxley's work. Um, I think he's a brilliant thinker. Oh, yeah. And perennial philosophy is more or less like a, a compendium of all of these other spiritual works. It's kind of like a kaleidoscopic lens that all these different religions and spiritualities are viewed through that have some level of universal truth throughout them. And so I, I, I love that book. It's one of my favorites. And so we wrote, we pretty much wrote a song about it. No, absolutely no. Huxley, I mean, I don't know how much you know about his life, man. I just, that's a Wikipedia page I you, you got to read. Uh, go, for anybody, yeah, yeah. yeah, like for anybody interested, like some of his ideas and like, even yep. the way he died, I don't want to spoil it. But no, yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, yeah, I was uh, just going to mention, yeah, his, his Wikipedia <laughs> on how he died is insane. It's, it's pretty nice. Yeah, Aldous, Aldous Huxley, for people that, that don't know what we're talking about, just to be clear, um, probably best known for his book, Brave New World, but Perennial Philosophy is a, a must read. I would say, and I know it's a big, uh, big one for you, uh, Andrew. So, thanks for mentioning all that. Um, what else do I have here? Um, maybe I'll take some questions from the chat if you don't mind. Sure. Yeah. So, if, if anybody has anything to ask uh, Andrew, throw it in the chat. We'll try to get to it here. Um, I like this question right off the top. Chocolate Bowser is asking, "Big small would like to become the biggest there is. Where should I start in the gym?" <laughs> You're a personal trainer. Give me like the yeah. top three exercises. How about that? That Ooh, you need to do. Top three exercises? Bro, I don't know. That's, I don't know. Whatever, <laughs> whatever you think. Give me your, your I know you're way more uh, uh, spiritual um, so, about it than that, I guess. Yeah. I've trained, I've trained all sorts of clients from uh, older individuals, um, people with people with autism, um, people that, mm. that need functional strength. Um, I, 
I, I mean, I've trained pretty much everybody uh, of all body types. Um, it's, it's definitely a process. You got to be patient. You, you, you can't let the scale dictate really how you feel. You just got to, if you like the way you feel, you like the way you look, you function better. That should be your focus in response to, you know, becoming the biggest there is, I can empathize with that. That's what I want to do. Um, if you want to become big, eat a lot, a lot, um, more like whatever you think. I mean, when I say a lot, eat more than that. Um, it, it's, uh, it's a more about your nutrition than it is at the gym, but it's, it's still important what you do at the gym. So compound exercises, uh, don't miss your bench press. Don't skip leg day. I did that for a couple of years. Big mistake. Um, make sure you do your squats, your leg press, make sure that you're, um, trying different modalities, right. Feeding the negatives, I think is, a, is an important thing. Um, you know, for those that are just starting training, you'll, you'll know what I mean by that. So just focus on your compounds, pull-ups, you know, uh, bench press, make sure you're, you know, I, I love bent over rows for back. That's probably one of my favorite back exercises. Um, so yeah, if I, if I had to pick three for compounds for getting big, I'd say, uh, heavy leg press, right. With like a sumo stance, I would mm -hmm. do uh, definitely heavy bench press. And then I would do a bent over row with like a landmine press would be awesome. I, I love a landmine press. So there you go. You heard it here first, everybody. Now let's all go get jacked. There we go. Yep. Everybody <laughs> go get jacked. I'll see you at the show. <laughs> um, someone's asking if there's going to be a Europe tour in the near future after the U S tour. I'm not sure if they mean for Idola or dance, Gavin dance, but either way, I'm not allowed to say, so take from uh, that what you will. Okay, <laughs> good. Um, is this the last chapter in this series, meaning the architect, I guess? Uh, are you going to venture into some new waters, or is it going to be kind of on the same uh, subject? It was going to be, and now it's not. So it, uh, I left it open-ended enough that I could choose to come back to it, and I believe that I will. So I would say at this point, no, it's not the last chapter. There should be one more. Okay. All right. Uh, and did Sergio contribute to the writing process of The Architect? Obviously, he's joined the band uh, since the last record, right? So this would be the first one with him uh, helping you out. Uh, was he involved at all in that in that front? I would say I would say somewhat. Yeah. Um, I think he would also agree with my response here, which is that um, he wrote a majority of his parts and we collaborated on his parts. But in terms of the actual songwriting, that was, that was me. Um, I had a pretty heavy hand in this one, probably heavier than any other record where I really took the reins at doing writing all of the bass, writing all of the like primary guitar and the song structure. Um, I did all of the piano work and the string work. And so uh, Sergio definitely contributed writing his parts and it, it really just, I mean, it elevated it to a whole new level. I'm very, very stoked that he's on it. Awesome. Okay. Um, what about the Afterburner tour set list? Can we talk about that? I'd say maybe not, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's a question. I'm throwing it up anyway. Uh, River, you're a baller, dude. Thanks for all you do for DGD, man. We appreciate it. Um, if it's the same River I'm thinking of, I think he runs the DGD, the news uh, page, and he is awesome. So Afterburner tour set list, it's good. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> it's uh, it's, it's going to be good. There's going to be a lot of Afterburner on it. Um more than I was anticipating. We usually don't do a lot of like the recent release. Like we usually do like two or three. Um, so there's, there's a, a good portion of afterburner on there for sure. Good, 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 good. Um, what about circus survive inspired you? Uh, you brought up Jaterna, which obviously a great record. Uh, and if you could work with any of them, would you, that's from Shannon. Um, yeah, 
I would work with Anthony in a heartbeat. Um, Tillian and I talked about doing something with Anthony at some point. Uh, I think that it would be awesome to do three of us on a song. Uh, he was like my idol for a number of years. And then we played a couple shows with him and I, I got to meet him. I'm sure he doesn't remember me now, but super nice guy, really genuine. Um, awesome family, just a great, a great person. I don't, I don't know. I can't really um, say more than that, but he, he really inspired me as a front man, just going out and seeing them on the on letting go tour for the first time. I think they were on tour with like the deer hunter, uh, a band called ours. And then, uh, fear before the March of flames. From yes. Denver. Nice. Awesome. Love that band. Me too. Uh, yeah. So they inspired the shit out of me. Uh, they inspired my guitar playing and definitely like, my vocals, like I could never consistently sing that high, but I always wanted to. Um, I think that he's the guy's a legend for a reason. So he is, he is a legend. All right, we have a less serious question here. Uh, have you tried both In and Out and Whataburger? And if so, what is better, and why is it In and Oit? In and Oit. That just sounds like a question from somebody from California. Yeah. Um, well, they could be from Tech. They could be from Texas because they got In and Out there now and Whataburger. If they're from Texas and they're shitting on Whataburger. They're, they're running a risky game, dude. Um, <laughs> I, I have tried both. Um, it depends on the mood. I, I mean, it also, I think Whataburger, I would probably choose just because of the versatility of the menu. But if you're talking about just an actual burger, in and out all the way, 100%. Okay, there you go. I had in and out last night. I got the cup right there. <laughs> so You have in and out in, in Utah? I don't think I knew that. Have you always yeah, had it we, there? No, I think it's been the last couple of years okay. they, that they came over. The lines are still crazy long. I mean, I, yeah, they're insane. Yeah. Uh, all right. What do we got here? Uh, favorite song on the new record from S Murph. Simple question, but they want to know. Uh, a lot of questions too. I love everybody asking all these questions. This is great. Yeah. I love it. I, I'm down to go for the hour. I don't know how, what, what sure, you got we, on sure. We can keep going. Yeah. Um, I don't got, I don't got work for another. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's minutes, keep so. going. Um, yeah, that's really tough. There's a lot of songs more than you're, expecting um there's a lot of songs on that record and they're all really fucking good um there's not a single we kept talking john and tillian and i kept talking about it, it was like this is just non-stop bangers it's the whole record is just banger after banger um i would say one of my favorite songs probably my favorite song the working title uh i'll just say i, I don't know if they want me to say working title so I'll, I'll just say it's the martin song right everybody knows martin he contributes to songs like shark dad he and I wrote a song together called uh, Bloodsucker on Artificial Selection that turned out awesome. Uh, he did a song on the new record, um, and I do a feature at the end. I th I would like to think it's the best feature I've ever done. Uh, I think that it's it's some of my best vocal work, and it turned out fucking awesome. Really, really happy with that. The opening track of the record, too, Will and I wrote that song, uh, and the guitars are just nuts, and John and Tillian just go super hard. There's some really cool ear candy in there. I'm really excited for like the opening track of that record too. Sweet. Sweet. I, I can't wait. Um, okay. Talk about the process of having John Mass featuring on The Architect. What was that like to have him kind of step into your world for a second? Um, way more casual than you would think, right? Uh, a lot of people will go and be like, okay, well, we got to get this guy. Well, we got to reach out to his management and we do this and do that. John and I have been friends for six years, so... Uh, when they came out to do Blood Wolf and Headhunter, those singles, while we were recording, and we had kind of started on vocals at that point, I was like, John, you want to do a song? 
Like we were, we were literally staying in the, cause I don't, have you, you've recorded with Chris before? Have you ever recorded with Kremit? Or no, no I, I don't even think I've ever met him. I, I, um, in fact, it's funny cause when he was a really unknown producer, I was managing a band from Canada called dead and divine. And he, mm-hmm. uh, they went out to Portland and made their record with him. And I didn't even, I hadn't even heard of him at the time. And he like that record still sounds amazing. And I think he's an incredible producer and mastering, uh, mastering guy now too. But uh, I haven't. Uh, no, I don't think I've ever met him. He's one one of my favorite people on the planet. Um, he's he brings out the best of me when we're recording. He, if anyone's recorded with him, they'll tell you he is militant with takes in a good way. He'll mm-hmm. if you're fucking up, he will tell you. Um, if you're if you're not nailing a vocal line, he'll tell you go back and rewrite it, or he'll tell you to take the day off and come back and have it practiced. Um, if you're not nailing guitar takes. Some people can't handle that. That like drives me further. It's like, right. oh, I didn't hit that. I'm fucking up, dude. I better come back in and, and get that next time. Um, and so he's he's awesome to work with. And but in his studio, he has like a a band house, like a bunk house that's attached. And so while we were doing um, Headhunter, we we you know John and I were you know hanging out. It's like bunk bed situation. And he's on the top bunk. I'm like, John, you want to do a song? He's like, Yeah, sure. What's the song? And so I show him the song. It's called Mutual Fear. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll whip something up. Uh, you know, what's it about? I was like, it's about it's about the world ending. You know, it's about Armageddon. It's about fucking hell breaking loose on Earth. And he's like, oh, yeah, I could, I could channel that. I'm going to do some heavy shit. And so he, he wrote it, and he wrote it from, you know, an idola perspective. He talks about fractals. He talks about all sorts of crazy <laughs> shit. Um, and so he really tapped in and I, th- I think it turned out great. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's one of my favorites, if not the, my favorite song on the new record. So it, it turned out awesome. There you go. Fantastic. I love that. No, John's one of the best, man. He's, yeah. you got a lot of, you got a lot of interesting brains in the dance Gavin dance uh, camp, That's, right? Like yeah. a lot of different thinkers, which somehow, Maybe it's Crummit, maybe it's uh, Will. I don't know who like puts this all like you know into uh, into place, but it's it's amazing. Um, <laughs> all right, what else we got here? Oh, we're way back. I'm way back in the chat. They're t- still talking about. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I won't still rant. talking I'll just fire about. Them. No, no, I, I like it. They're still talking about <laughs> um, eating tons. So that was like seven questions ago. Um, eating tons, yeah. I eat, I have to eat about six thousand calories a day. It fucking sucks. That sounds like my dream, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sounds like my absolute dream. Uh, all right, here we go. Uh, what's your favorite venue you've played throughout the U.S.? I like that. I like talking about venues. You've Ooh. been of a road dog the last few years. You've probably, we've probably played a lot of the same rooms. Damn, that's very tough. Um, one of my favorite rooms is Bomb Factory in Dallas. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I'm a big fan of that room for a couple reasons. I obviously, like I said, I love to eat. Uh, deep Ellum is such a great place to like grab sushi and get Thai food and all sorts of yeah. good stuff. So, uh, also the green rooms, you, you guys played bomb factory before, right? No, actually we haven't. I've heard great things about it, but it's, it's pretty new. I think. Yeah. It's a little bit, it's, it's been, it's, I think uh, four years old or something. Five yeah. Years old. We were, we were supposed to play there one time and then we ended up, I think the gas monkey just overpays every band and yep. we ended up there, yep. which is fine. Yeah, totally. I, uh, I love it. There's like a, there's a gym built into the venue. Every band gets their own green rooms. They're super duper nice. Um, the stage is awesome. It sounds fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really excited to play the Palladium in Los Angeles. Oh yeah. And that was literally day one of COVID. So we got shut down day one of that tour. So oh, right. didn't get to play that right. one. Um, I, I would say, yeah, I would say bomb factory is probably my favorite venue. 
um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's, um, that's, that's such a crazy thing. And I remember that because we were, we were like 10 days into our tour and we heard about your tour starting and like, you know, I don't know. It's, <laughs> we got you. Knew, it, you, you must have knew. You must have kn- have known you weren't going to get through the whole thing. It was just like, how long can we go? Because it's like, well, that was the conversation. We were all in the we were all in the bus with our management, being like, what the fuck do we do? Do we try to try to play Vegas? Do we try to play Texas? Do we fucking can the whole thing? Uh, and then we got calls from all the other venues that were like, no, nah, we we got to shut it down. So um, I'm glad we did. I think we we mitigated a lot of potential damage there. So I think uh, you know on people's health. So I think that that was the right yeah. call, but um, I, yeah, I agree, man. I agree. It was the right call. Um, also a lot easier to do when you're at the beginning, you know, just turn the bus around. Okay. We've only, we've only gone like not even out of the state yet, you know, luckily. Uh, here's a question. Favorite song of dance, Gavin dance pre Tillian. Uh, um, a lot of good, a lot of good songs. Whatever I say is Times New Roman. I would say that's oh, probably that's probably one of my classic. favorites. Yeah, it's classic. I got to, I, we got to play it on the ten year tour. The first tour I ever did with them was like the ten year anniversary tour, and that was that was really cool. Um, I, I would say that that's like the, an epic that I really like that I, I would choose. But overall, favorite pre Tillian song of all time, DGD, um, would be Robot Two Point Five. I fucking okay. love that song. The breakdown that John does right before um, that whole vocal line. I, I just, it's such a good song. Uh, all the guitar work is great. It's really unique structure. It goes super hard. I, that's a great song. Uh, here's a question about your dog. What's your dog's name and what breed is it? <laughs> I'll show you. Teddy. Teddy. He's napping. Hold on one second. <laughs> We're going to get a dog in a second. Get ready. Get a Teddy feature in this one. Teddy feet. Awesome. I like that. He is Teddy. He's eight months old and he is sleepy Aww. guy. Um, he's a, he's an Australian shepherd mini poodle. That um, is. So he, um, he's awesome. He's taken, he's taken to training pretty well. Um, he still has a little separation anxiety, so mm. I can't leave him at home very often by himself, but he does really well. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> He's waving. I love that. All right. You can go that. back to sleep. <laughs> there you go. Okay. All right. Good night. Uh, man, I, I love how many questions we're getting here. This is like kind of overwhelming. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, I'm, I'm down. But I like this one. What, what inspired the album art for The Architect? I know it's a picture of a mask from Burning Man, but how so? Thank you, Fetty Waffle. So it we literally just found the, I found the, the picture online. Um, I found the photo and absolutely loved it. I was like, this is an, just an iconic image. It looks great. It fits with Idola's sacred geo stuff. I love it. I don't, I'm going to take, I'm just going to take a chance here. I'm going to reach out to the guy that makes the mask that had the photo. And I'm going to ask him, you know, if we can pay him to use it, uh, if we can use it for our album, because it's so good. I wanted to commission him for it. And I reached out and he's like, he's like, I'm down. Like you guys can absolutely use this for your album, but I didn't take the picture and I'm not in it. So let me hook you up uh. with the photographer and the person that's in it. And you guys can have a conversation there. And then if you guys want uh, to use it, just tag me in, you know, um, in your post so that people know that I make these masks and they can, that they're available. I was like, that's awesome. We love collaborating with other artists, whether it's visual or, or musical, just this divinity to it that I really liked. So uh, I reached out to the photographer and the individual that's in it. That's, that's, pictured there and um 
we paid them to, to use it and they were super nice about it. And, and they were like very supportive and, you know, we, we got on with them and, and just were like, this is, this is awesome. So. Cool. <laughs> Someone says, mm, shapes. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's just say that about it. Uh, <laughs> you talked about uh, Chris Crummett this time around. Do you think he had affected the end product? Well, he recorded the record, the new Idola record, did he do the whole thing or he just did part of it? He did. Yeah. Yeah. He did the whole thing. Uh, and I, yes, I, I think he did definitely affect the end product um, in, an, in a multitude of ways. Um, when you have an engineer that also produces, like helps produce or helps, you know, kick around ideas. Um, it's really, it's really cool. They become kind of an extra auxiliary member of the band for that, that piece of music. Um, and I would say, Chris wasn't super heavy handed. There wasn't times where he was like, you know, this song sucks. You got to rewrite it or or whatever. Right. So there wasn't any, any moments like that, but, uh, there were a couple moments, um, where we would, you know, he'd be like, is that, is that your best melody that you could do there? And I go, no, you're right. Yeah. Let me, let me take another crack at it. And then I'd come back the next day and, um, it would just, you know, it'd be 10 times better. So there were definitely moments like that. And then having him collaborate with me on some of the production elements, he hooked me up with a, a synth software. That's really awesome. Um, hmm. that it's called Omnisphere. It's got like, it's, it's an older, like mid two thousands, like, um, soft synth that has tons of presets. Uh, it's like a six disc install. It's like way old school, but it sounds <laughs> fucking awesome. And so I, I was able to go and piece a lot of the production elements through that. And Chris definitely cool. contributed to that ideas process. So I really want to meet this guy. Yeah. I, I just, I just want to talk to him about that record he made, like that I'm sure he remembers, but it was like 14 or 15 years ago. He, he remembered every record. Yep. Yeah, he yeah. remembers every single one. Yeah. He's a, is he's a, he's a drummer, isn't he? By like originally by he trade. Is. Yep. He, uh, he drums on Tillian's records a lot. Ah, that's what it was. Yep. Very talented drummer. A really talented drummer. Um, just a great guy. Yeah. And that Tillian record, that last one was so good too, man. I don't know where you guys find all this time to, to be doing this stuff. Like you guys are just, uh, you guys just music all the, all day, all night, I guess. Tillian, I, Tillian especially is a powerhouse. Um, I can't, I can't quite describe it. Working with him is pretty incredible, especially vocally. The, the guy is just a machine, uh, especially on harmonies. It's, it's kind of fucked up. As a vocalist, oh, you're yeah. like, how do you even fucking do that? Like, you, like he like figures him out? Oh, he'll just he crank, figures him out really fast? He'll crank him on the spot. I mean, just like, he'll acapella. He'll he'll just, like, we were writing a new a, a new DGD song while we were out there and going through lyrics and stuff. And he's like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. Okay, I'm going to throw it on this harmony and I'm going to throw it on this third. And he'll just stack harmonies, like, nonstop. Um, he's, he's incredibly talented. So. Wow. Well, here's just another serious question from Chocolate Bowser. Tell by that username. Uh, would you beat Tillian in an arm wrestle? Yes, I would. <laughs> there's no, there's no joke there. That's just straight seriousness. Tillian, if you'd asked me that like two years ago, I'd say no. Um, if you'd asked me that now, I'd say yes. So yeah, it, it's we do different styles of training. So Tillian is definitely he's very into um, physique training. He does, uh, you know, he loves the the ab aesthetic and like you know he's got biologically he's gifted with like big arms and so he loves to keep them toned he came from a background where he was um he wanted to kind of slim down and tone up from where he was previously i came from a background where i was really thin growing up 
and I wanted to bulk. So I'm kind of on the opposite end of that now where I'm just trying to be as strong as fucking possible and as large as possible. So, um, yeah, I would beat him in an arm wrestle for sure. I think they actually did. They did like a Q and a where they even admitted I'd beat him in an arm wrestle. So <laughs> that you don't have to take that just for me. There you go. You heard it. You heard it here. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, dude, thanks, man. Um, the new uh, Idola record, The Architect, is out in one month from today, September 17th. Go pre-order that shit. Get the vinyl. You need that big artwork, a beautiful photograph. Um, it's all sold out, so get them as soon as you can. Um, that's we right. sold out of four of them already. I think we have two left. Um, so, so like two, two variants left. So definitely get on that if you're going to get them. And you guys, you have some shows coming up. You're going to be doing some doing some gigs. Uh, tell the people about that. Yeah, so we have the the Afterburner tours coming up. That's going to be with Dance Gavin Dance and Idola. I'm going to be doing two sets a night. So come watch me get fucking go crazy. So that's going to be yeah. a, a, an endeavor. So that starts um, September 7th in Portland and goes for, I think it's like seven or eight weeks. So so how, how are you feeling about that? Have you done that double duty thing before? Uh, that much singing? Uh, that much playing? That's a lot. I did about three years ago. Four, four years four years ago. Three years ago. Um, we did it on the Chon Tour, which was a, a B market tour. where So it was a lot shorter. I think it was only four or five weeks. And um, again, for me, that was, that was tough because I hadn't, I hadn't really... Die, dove into my fitness journey at that point. So, um, it, I, like physically I wasn't at my best and mentally definitely wasn't at my best. So coming back into it now with kind of a fresh, fresh perspective and, um, you know, a, a better physical and mental state, I, I think it's going to be a lot easier. Um, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm pretty much just going to dedicate myself to a very consistent schedule, which is just wake up, eat, work out, um, you know, go to a local gym and then, and then come back and just kind of set the stage for the day. So I'm going to really try to keep everything as, as peak as possible for the whole tour, just to perform as well as I can, no matter what. So there you go. Are you going to try to work out every day on tour? Are you going to bring some weights? What's your plan there? So Tilly and John and I, we have planet fitness memberships because it's like the most accessible yeah. gym in the country. It's like everywhere. So we, we have a pretty big habit. I go every single day. So I, I will go at least six days a week. Um, on tour, it's tough, but with dance, Gavin dance, it's a lot easier, especially when you're not touring in a van. That is yeah. fucking hard. Uh, <laughs> Cause then you got, it's like every time you got to Uber somewhere, it's, it's crazy. But yeah, I, I, I will be hit. We usually hit the gym together at least four times a week, and I usually go about six times a week. All right, uh, I got one last question for you. I know you're a big Black Sabbath fan. Oh yeah. I would like you to tell me your favorite Black Sabbath album and song, please. Um, as a fellow Black Sabbath uh, aficionado, I love it. Yes. Um, so the first album I ever bought was Paranoid by Black That's a good Sabbath. One. It's a good one. And uh, Fairies Wear Boots. It was probably yes. my, my favorite Sabbath jam. It's like seven minutes long. Oh. Um, so much good guitar playing from Tony Iommi. So many crazy vocals. I remember getting it when I was like, when I was like, I don't know, 11, 12. It scared the shit out of me, dude. It was, it was awesome. Dude, I, I know this shit. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> Rip it out, Shane. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> that's the jam. <laughs> uh, uh. 
something, something yeah. like that. Yeah, you got uh, yeah, captives dude. in there. Yeah, hell yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That that was like actually maybe the first time I ever um, I heard an octave chord. Yeah, was maybe that that record. Same. And they were done. Yeah, and they were done like differently. And then I heard no effects, and it was well. That's all they do. But uh, anyway, no, no yeah. I I love it, man. I love it. Fairies wear boots. It's funny, you know. I saw Black Sabbath play in Vegas on their farewell tour and it happened to be my 35th birthday. Oh shit. That's amazing. It was awesome. Yeah. And they opened with, uh, black Sabbath mm-hmm. and they played fairies wear boots second. And I was like, fuck yeah, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> deep cut, deep cuts, bring them on, you know? So, uh, yeah, it was it was pretty sick. But I know you're a Black Sabbath fan, so I, I just of course, dude. No, I appreciate it. That's awesome. Always good to meet a fellow Black Sabbath fan, dude. They're they're amazing. They paved the way for all of us. So uh, I think yeah, it's, uh, so ahead of, so ahead of their time. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, well, man, thank you, Andrew, so much for being here. Thanks to the chat for uh, all the questions. I'm going to stick around for a little bit, but I'll let you go. Okay. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks to everybody for listening and, and tuning in, man. I love all you guys. So thank you very much. Um, we'll see you on tour. See you, man. Yeah, take it easy. So there it is with Mr. Andrew Wells. I'm very glad that his tooth seems to not be a problem anymore. Um, hey, pizza. Pizza will get you. And yes, and I had to ask him the question about Black Sabbath. I'm sorry for my bad acoustic rendition of Fairies Wear Boots, but hey, I was in the moment. That's what this is. That's what it's all about. Shout out to everybody who came and participated on Twitch, you can be there. You could be there, okay? Go add me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Shane Told. I do lots and lots of live podcasts on there. I try to do them every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And just about every Wednesday, Mike and I record New Noise live as well. So come on, come hang out with us. It's a good time. Now, I am going to leave you with a tune. Tough to know which one to pick, but I'm going to go with an Idola song from their new album, The Architect, which is out in just a couple weeks. Here is Counterfeit Shrines on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. I'll see you next week.